Coming to you live from the desk of Melissa Ike. this is Making Your Impact. I am not your engineer extraordinaire, rather I am your guest, Gary Medita, and I'm joined with the host. It's me, Melissa Ike. Oh, snaps. Oh, <laughs> oh snaps. My goodness. I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm like, I've never felt so special in my whole life. <laughs> Welcome to Making Your Impact a podcast to inspire and equip you to pursue your calling and make your positive impact on the world. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I have a passion for making an impact, and I also have a passion for helping you make yours. So let's get started. Welcome back to Making Your Impact. I'm so glad that you are here. For those of you who don't know me, I am Melissa Ike. I'm a co-founder and the director of communications and development for a nonprofit, The Dragonfly Home, an anti-human trafficking activist, attorney, speaker, and writer. You can learn more about me at melissaike.com. That's melissaeik.com. That voice you heard up top was my guest today, Gary Medina. He wanted to do a special intro for my show, and I wasn't going to say no to that. I thought it was pretty awesome. Um, So in today's episodes, Gary and I, oh my gosh, we have breakthroughs. We have revelations. We have a few tears, the good kind of tears, not the sad kind of tears. It was quite the episode. Gary and I discuss how important it is to never give up when you're working toward making your impact. Uh, Gary also talked about what it looks like to do that when you've been raised and expected to join the traditional workforce and become a good lifelong employee and kind of breaking away from that mentality. Gary is my pal. He's an author. He's a fellow trustee of the Yukon Writer Society and we just really dig into life in this episode. But before I get into my conversation with him, it's time for our Instagram shout out. This week's shout out goes to at Peace Through Food or Dan Sutherland, who just happens to be my brother. I was thinking about what I would say in my shout out and I thought, well, he was basically my third parent when I was growing up and he taught me about things like the importance of knowing what truly good music is and how to find humor in everyday life anyway. That's getting back into some nostalgia. Anyway, he recently followed the podcast Instagram. So thank you for that and everything else, bro, Dan. If you would like a shout out as well, just head over to the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact. Click the follow button and I may just give you a shout out on the show. One last thing before we get into the episode, there's a little bit of lawnmower noise that happened while we were recording, but it's very short-lived. We just took a long break and waited for the person to finish. That's life with a home recording studio, uh, but I promise it's not too jarring and it's really short. So with that said, let's jump into my conversation with Gary. Gary, you are my friend from Yukon Writer Society. That's how I met you. The first day I met you was uh, almost one year ago. It's only been a year. Oh, my goodness. Not even. So um, when I spoke at the Writer Olympics last year on October 4th, maybe. But I remember walking into the room and, of course... Didn't know anybody, anybody there, but I remember your welcoming smile, which now <laughs> makes total sense to me because that's how you are. And I was like, this is a very nice person. <laughs> so, well yeah, so good job I with that. that. And now we see each other quite frequently. Yeah, this um, is true. For UConn Writer Society. Because you are an official 
trustee. I sure am. Of the YWS. Proud to serve. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one of the reasons why I like having people from Yukon Writer Society on here and writers in general, other than liking you all, <laughs> but like um, people who are creative and are pursuing a dream like that have to deal with the insecurities absolutely, and the things that come against us because, and it's not just in creative pursuits. I mean, obviously the theme of the show is making your impact, your but point. I mean, if you're a creative that's how you do that. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's trying to make their impact in any way is going to come come up against stuff like that. And um, the people who I've gotten to know at YWS are constantly working through that. And Definitely. they are making progress. Oh, that's so and, good to see. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's it. That's winning the battle. Um, it's not, I mean, you have your finished product and you want that to be the outcome or the finishing the project and moving on to the next. But I think more important than what we're producing is just not giving up. Um, and this is something that you talk about a lot is, and this is how you said it specifically, no fear, taking risks. No fear, taking risks. Something Absolutely. that you are familiar with. Yes. So so what has that looked like for you? Uh, here's my thesis statement that the punchline, I'm going to give you the punchline early. Okay. Expect nothing and accept everything. And you hear that and you think, I'm just going to be submissive and let life do whatever. But that's not it. Mm-hmm. It's taking those risks and having no fear without any expectation. It's the fact that you're able to make the actions the first place are important, mm-hmm. not the outcome mm-hmm. or anything like that. Gotcha. And if it turns out well, awesome. If it doesn't, learn from it. Okay. Um for me, I went back to college a second time because I dropped out the first time. Okay. I went back a second time because I was like, I'm going to get a practical degree mm-hmm. in computer information systems. Okay. And one of the questions my mom asked while I was there, I was taking classes, I was telling her about it, and I thought I sounded really chipper when I talked about it. <laughs> she straight up asked me, and this is moms, they just know everything. Yeah. She asked me, like, are you happy? And I, I gave like a second like a few seconds, maybe one second hesitation, and that was all she needed. She didn't push on any further. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I love this. This is fantastic. Wow. And literally the next semester, I was like, oh, no, I don't want to do this. Right. And it was when I was walking home uh, after class. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast called the SPP podcast, the self-publishing podcast. Mm. I think they changed the name so much. Okay. It's I the guys who listen, who make it, they're funny, they're fantastic. Hmm. But they mentioned something like you can make money self-publishing your own book. Mm. And I heard that. It was like, that's crazy. Wow. You write your own stuff and you release it on your own and you make money from it? Like, no way. That's ridiculous. Hmm. I was uh, about 23, 24 at the time when I decided like this is what I want to do. And I pursued it. Life went on as it did. My dad and uncle managed to get a really good thing going at a place called, I don't know if I should say the company name. It's a good company. company. Okay. At a company. It's a good company. Uh, got paid really well there. Uh-huh. But the hours were torturous, I'd have to say, mm. where I would only have two hours to do anything that wasn't work. Mm. And I'd have to go to sleep early because my shifts would start at 5 a.m., and I'd get out at seven. Oh my gosh. Five to seven, sometimes seven days a week. Uh, you know, like they were like, okay, let's scale it back. How about you work six days a week instead? And it was at that time where, oh man, we're about to get into it. Because, <laughs> you know, this is about taking fear. This is about taking risks and no fear. Yeah. There was a point where I, the thoughts were very dark mm-hmm. and very heavy. Mm-hmm. And 
I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what I was going to do. So instead, I made a decision right there. It was like really lean into it. So I kept working there even harder than before because the goal was to save up enough so I could write full time. Mm. <laughs> it's not a happy story, folks, because it's still continuing on. It's a happy story. I have a good life. I, I want to put that out there. I have yeah, a good life. Right. I make it. Like I worked there nearly two years, crazy hours as it is. Wow. I managed to save up uh, $20,000 wow. for myself, and that I end up quitting mm-hmm. and pursue writing full-time. And that was uh, the year 2018. Well, <laughs> it's 2019, almost over. Still don't have a published book out. I had the guts to work for it. I just didn't have the mental maturity to, like, really focus because that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a lot of time to myself. And I guess this is why the retraining part is so yeah. important mm-hmm. because I've always been taught that you should be a loyal employee, work really hard. Dreams were something we couldn't, you can't afford dreams. Like, this is who we are. Right. Maybe it's for, like, the Einsteins out there or the people with more money. Like, this is where you are. And you can't have these ridiculous, you have to be practical. Mm-hmm. You have to work hard. Well, and so one of the things that got us started on that, that you had mentioned you specifically wanted to talk about, was growing up with in- immigrant parents. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's a big factor in how this first mindset that you were raised with. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to break away from that. Absolutely. Uh, just growing up with immigrant parents, the, the like I'll just list the advantages you get from it. Mm. Like you're super resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time you're respectful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are some <laughs> bad. Is OK if I curse? I'm going to, you know. I think that everyone. Let's see. The word ass has been used by me and others. <laughs> OK. You know, badass kids yeah, running they, around. And, I use the word kick ass to describe Shayla, remember? <laughs> so it's OK. So it's OK. And, you know, I'll try to keep it at that as maximum. I can always beep stuff out. OK. <laughs> but, you know, the big thing is you learn to work hard. You learn to be resilient. The cons to it, however, you learn to suppress emotions. Mm. And you learn to devalue yourself a little bit because in America, it's very individualistic culture. Mm -hmm. It's very much you are your own protagonist. You are doing it for you only. In other cultures, especially Mexico, like there are a lot of adults who still live with their parents because they're all working to support each other. It's very community based, but also that has its own cons in which you're being individualistic. How could you be so selfish? Right. So it's very much a clash of worlds. And growing up with immigrant parents, you know, it was very much be the good employee, work really hard, you know, buy that house. As soon as you have your house, your your spouse, and all the little kids running about, mm-hmm. you've made it. Wow. Yeah. And then what's interesting is you're, what brought us into that is you were talking about, like, dreams are for other people. Dreams are very... Not individualistic, but they're very, like, specific to each individual. So it's a very personal thing. You mentioned that you didn't have the mental maturity. Yes. Is it it mental maturity or is it just you were just breaking away from that mindset? I mean, it takes a while to, one, start to break away from the mindset you were raised with. Also break away from the mindset of, oh, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, and now I'm not, and now you're kind of untethered. Yeah. So, like, for me on a smaller scale, working so many hours and having multiple projects and with Dragonfly and this, you know, 
just if I want to take a break from a day from work, it takes me a while to break away from that mindset and then get to a point where I'm resting and then get the refreshment. So if you've had this mindset for all this time and now you're suddenly trying to break away from it, I don't know if it's mental maturity as much as it was just like your brain completely shifting. You know, I never really thought about it like that. The reason why I probably didn't execute at that perfect, you know, I'm still getting over not beating myself up for that because it's very easy to do, Mm -hmm. especially like you had all this time and money and, you know, it was a lack of discipline. And because now I now I had a cushion, Mm -hmm. you know, I had a cushion now. And for the first time, I was able to just like, oh, I don't have to worry. Right. And I guess that's also a scary thing. Like, complacency is scary, mm-hmm. just as much as struggle. You know, when you get comfortable where you're at, you don't, evo- you don't evolve, you don't develop. And, you know, evolve and develop is, you know, back to the immigrant parents thing, that's not terminology we use. Like, uh, what do you mean, you know, self-development or whatever? Like, you, as long as you do your work, as long as the boss likes you, as long as you're a good soldier, then what else do you need, you know? Um, something I was also thinking about, though, you were talking about the lack of discipline. I think that when you're untethered from oversight, sometimes that can be hard when you don't have a schedule anymore. It's hard to know what to do with your own time. Yes. How do you organize your day? Like it just takes a while to even wrap your mind around how you're going to do that. Yeah. What does my life look like now? You And also... Honestly, Gary, it was an identity shift. Identity shifts are hard. The first one that I really went through was um, I graduated from undergrad with my French degree from the University of Northern Iowa. And then it came back the very next year to start my master's degree in French. But even though my status had changed, I was going back to the same school, the same campus, the same professors. All of my French, my younger French major friends were there. They were in my classes still because they would do crossover. Mm-hmm. I just had a different level of work as a grad student. It all looked and felt exactly the same, but now suddenly I was redefined as a grad student. And it was a hard, I didn't know what was happening because I was 22 and I didn't know what was going on, why I was having such a hard time. And then my friend Anna, who comes up a lot on this podcast and was a guest, um, she was like, I think you're going through an identity shift. And I was like, whoa, I I am going through an identity shift. It was a rough kind of, honestly, it was not until into the second semester of that school year that I finally started to get past that. It was Mm -hmm. almost like culture shock. Like when I was living in France, I was there about five months before I didn't feel like an idiot every single day and like just fish out of water. Um, And it was very similar. It takes a while for your mind to rearrange itself from being its good, good soldier, working as hard as you could. I mean, that's a huge change. Yeah, I feel like it definitely is. And, you know, you're mentioning that that shift in identity. And it's only pretty recently I was like, yeah, this is who I am. I'm a writer, you know, oh, like, yeah. like I'm there, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm there for like, uh, the, the tears, both happy and sad. Yeah. I'm here for all of it. You know, right. like this is the kind of life I want to lead, yeah. you know? And I guess at the time for, I was still building that and figuring out what I wanted to be. Yeah. 
No, that totally makes a lot of sense. Right. We're, we're having breakthroughs, breakthroughs on, the on the pod. Um, okay, so you're in it for the long haul. You were done with about a year and you were in needing to, you're probably just starting to get yourself pulled around to where you could start writing. And then you're like, um, now I'm at a point where I need to start making some money again to yeah. pay some bills. That was uh, early, last spring? Early this year, actually. Early? Yeah. Okay. Um, as I feel like you suddenly revealed to us all one day that you had a job and we were like, oh, what? Oh, yeah. I have. That's a bad habit of mine where... <laughs> I I, ho- I hide the gradual thing and just hit you with, like, the newest development. That's fine. It's your prerogative. <laughs> um, so that's a lot. So you are now in a position where you're having to balance a job, which is just a job. It's mm-hmm. not like a, something you're passionate about. It's not a about. sentence. It's, it's right. not what I'm passionate about. For yeah, sure. but it's something to do to pay the bills. Yeah. And and then trying to balance your writing and then you're also adding on um, additional side hustle to that. And and you're you're facing a hard time where you're like, I have to keep working to pay bills at the expense sometimes of how much time you'd like to be spending on writing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is that's hard. I even though our, our experiences are all different, I feel like a lot of people who are trying to do something in life have to experience that kind of thing, oh, right? Yeah. It, it's what weeds out, you know, the people who are going to be extraordinary and the people who eventually are going to have to shift and maybe realize that maybe this isn't what I want, and that's okay. Yeah. If you find out that maybe a certain thing you're going for is not for you and you can't hack the level of difficulty, uh, you know, of entry, mm-hmm. then that's okay. Right. You can shift and find something else. But if you're suffering right now, if you're going through a hard time, but you know in your heart that this is where I want to go, this is why I say expect nothing except everything. Mm. Because as long as you do the actions, Mm -hmm. that's all that matters. You're not giving up. Exactly. But, you know, like you were saying to me earlier before we started writing or recording, you're like, I mean, maybe you're writing a couple hours a week, right? Yeah. Or you bring your computer with you, like you are doing food delivery. Yeah. And so sometimes you have lulls. And so what do you do? You bring your computer or your notebook. Or my notebook. Right. Or, yeah. I mean, I think that that is the hallmark of someone not giving up. You have the obstacle obstacle coming up against you, but you're like, if I can just do 15 minutes today, that's more than zero. That's more than none. zero. More than zero. And the thing is that it takes some drilling it takes I was going to say drilling down into your soul but you said chutzpah which I think is the better word for it but it it takes like a lot of intentionality oh for sure to not just give up oh for sure and you know it's starting to loop back as to why I didn't do that you know when I was comfortable you know because you were learning I was learning and just having the intention to do it just to know that this is your calling this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life this is accepting, like, no matter the judgment from wherever it's going to come from, this is what I'm going to do because mm-hmm. this, this is who I am. This yeah. is my identity altogether. That's it. Yeah. When you're in a position, though, to dedicate a lot of time to writing, um, and I believe that will happen for you again. Oh, for this sure. is a season. This is a season. I think that when we're trying to make an impact and try to do something, almost you can't go, you can't not 
double negative. You can't not go through a season like this. I'll Builds tell, character. I'll tell it to you like this. Because making an impact, you're striking something with extreme force. Mm. It's very hard to produce an extreme force if you don't know what that force feels like. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what that pain, what that crucible feels like, mm-hmm. it's very hard to make a fist when you've never closed your hand right. in your life. And you're going to strike harder if you've gone through the pain of like building your muscles and building getting muscles, stronger. Getting calluses in your hands yeah. and just knowing how to swing. Those are not pleasant times. <laughs> There's a learning curve. Yeah. Um, and and yet on the other end of that, and I said this in a, a prior podcast, like you come out on the other side stronger. And it doesn't necessarily get easy, but it gets easier at least mentally to be like, ah, I know what to do, even if it sucks. Like mm-hmm. I know, I know what I'm going to do. Absolutely. Like, to overcome. Uh, it's it's not a very fulfilling life when you don't have any challenges in mm. your way. I'm not saying like, oh, challenges are so good. Like, right. you need challenge. Like, no, you need them. But they are what make life eventful. It, it's what makes you appreciate the good times. The That's tiny true. little slivers of just where everything is perfect and clicks right. It just mm-hmm. makes it even more sweeter when you know what you've been through and right. what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's good. Okay, but anyway, so back to what I was saying earlier, what I was gearing up toward, and then we had this awesome little rabbit trail (laughs) sidebar. When you are working more, when you have the opportunity to write more steadily, what does your day look like? Like, do you have habits? Uh, Did you come up with like a a schedule? Yeah, how did you organize your day? So, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, the thesis at the end of this is. Show yourself some grace and forgive yourself when you don't do it. It's very much because uh, I rem- and I'll get to it, but I remember reading uh, just people trying to get over their. The specific thing was smoking addiction mm. and whatnot, and the best way to get over it is like to stop beating yourself up. And if you know you want to do this, when you have the intention to do it, you will do it. Mm. But you are going to have days where you don't. Mm-hmm. As long as you know at the end, like I want to quit smoking, mm. you're going to do it. So. Usually how I want to organize it is I want to get up at 4 a.m. and go to the gym, uh, get ready for work, go there. Uh, as soon as I'm done, I'll head home and just know that I'm going to dedicate at least two, maybe three hours to just writing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that comes from just wanting it. And that's it's a very simple schedule. And I like it that way. This is with your job now at, at the gym? Yeah. So you go to you get up at 4 a.m. What time does your shift start? Seven. So you go to the gym. Because I want to take my time and, you know, because, and, wow, we're really getting into it. Uh, just deeper and deeper levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even have a philosophy on working out. It's not about, like, how much weights you can do. It's how proper you can do the technique. Oh. And sometimes you'll have to take it slow. Yeah. Because I've seen dudes at the gym. They have the weights, the heavy weights, and they're doing these super fast reps or whatever. Right. It's like, you're not getting a lot of results from yeah. that. you got to take it slow right. and make sure you every fiber feels the extension. And that's how you get better. I don't feel like this is a controversial statement you're making. I'm pretty sure that's what professionals would say <laughs> as well. Right. You're like, listen to this, guys. Do the exercise right. We're digging deep. But, yeah, 100%. <laughs> no, I think uh, – I think it's that and also the reason why they're doing fast reps with heavy weights is the ego thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, And it's not even, like, outwardly saying, like, look how much I can do it. It's them saying to themselves, like, look how strong you are. Like, you right. can do this really quick. Yeah. You're doing it fast. You're doing it heavy. 
but then what ends up happening? You end up hurting yourself, yeah. and you end up losing all that, you yeah. know, gains you made. And right, right, right. Interesting. And again, you know, having worked out for a week, not going to beat myself up over it. Mm-hmm. I know I want to. Mm-hmm. And the big reason why I want to work out more is because it's good for the brain. That's the big thing. Yeah. Like, um, it's when it comes to writing, and one of these days I'll have to record a podcast, have all you guys over. I just want to talk about, like, the philosophy of all of it together and okay. how to get better. That's so you. <laughs> That's the you thing you've ever said. And, and it's not just mental. It's a whole body thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to get your body right your soul right, mm-hmm. your mind right, your mm-hmm. spirit right, all of it right to become a better writer. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to shift gears now because I want to talk to you about uh, the existential crisis that <laughs> that I, I personally caused for you at our friend Shayla's birthday party not even 24 hours ago. Not even 24 hours um, ago. But I've never been prouder of anything I've done in my <laughs> life. So what happened was, you know, um, anyone who's listening to more than one episode of this podcast has probably heard me talk about Gretchen Rubin and the four tendencies. Like I have a few episodes about that specifically. And I think I said in that episode, like if I were talking to you, listener, personally, I'd pull out my phone. I'd send you the link to the quiz that's true because it's exactly what I did to Gary last night and our friend Janie. Also, I had them both pegged. I knew what their tendency was, and I was like, that's right. I thought the most metaphysical thing is you kept what you thought or, you know, what you pegged me as mm-hmm. because you didn't want to sway me. I that's respect right. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I went and I whispered it into Janie's ear. So I did a, I did to, to ensure that you would know that it was – I wasn't playing a trick on you. I whispered it in Janie's ear, and then I watched you. You looked at me as your finger hovered over the submit button, and I waited. You hit submit, and I said, questioner, and then it pulled up questioner. Yeah, it did, yeah. Oh, the moments in life, the achievements. <laughs> and this is this is part of, like, the whole accepting everything, you know, okay. the, the advice I give. Because uh, I wanted to, like, I'll be honest, I wanted it to be a rebel. Oh, I know. Because of the title. Well, you can tip rebel. I don't I, think I you to, do, though. I don't think you right, do because, because you uphold your own expectations exactly. with the writing. They're all about identity. I'll be honest. Like, the only, like, rock-steady part of my identity that I will not re- release for anything is being a writer. So maybe you do everything, tip verbal. Everything outside can be fluid mm-hmm. for me, you know? Like, yeah. I, it, it doesn't matter as long as I know that I'm a writer and, like, tent pole is down and I'm good. Um, you resist outer expectations to a degree. You are, you are of all the people I know, you're not super concerned with what people think of you or your reputation. Like you do it. what you want to do when you feel like doing it, but because you're not, because you have the questioner tendency, you're able to meet your inner expectations and goals, but identity is super important to you. Mm-hmm. And, that, and so that makes me think that you might tip... Your questioner tip rebel. I'll show you the diagram. <laughs> I have um, it saved on my phone. Okay. So why did you I remember I remember looking over at you. We were gonna go outside to take photos and you were just looking at your phone and I knew you were looking at the questionnaire description with this expression on your face of <laughs> who am I? <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's one of those things where like, yeah, I kind of expected to get, you yeah. know, the, the questionnaire. Uh-huh. I guess the I don't know. I guess I was weirded out of how, like, accurate it nails me. Oh, yeah. yeah. that's That does weird you out. Like, the time that I did an impression of you reading. 
And you were like, oh, no. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, no, I'm predictable. That's, that was the oh, thinking in my I head. I think that you're predictable to very many people. i just gotten to know you. <laughs> if, if you ever hear my philosophy on writing, I, I need to write this all down. But pretty much, write it. <laughs> write it down, bro. Write it down. Well, writer is my whole identity. Um, I feel like everything just boils down to, uh, to how important writing is because writing is what allowed us to develop language. Is mm. It allowed us to exchange ideas. It's what built society. That's why, at least for my subjective opinion, writing is the most important thing a human can do. Mm. Wow. I know that. I know that's big. That is a big statement. And I guess that's also why I'm so dedicated to it because in my head, like, I'm doing incredible work important to humanity, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I have to keep at it. See, though, that is what I'm trying to tell everybody, though. Mm. Like, why sign-off is the world needs you to make your impact. Because yes. if you have something like this, for you it's writing. And for someone else it could be, what, taking care of elderly people. For someone else it could be... Um, recycling in the environment for some, you know, there's, it can take a billion different forms. It could be like, I'm going to be, I'm going to dedicate myself as a parent. I'm going to be super involved in my kids' lives. But if whatever that is, that's so strong, the difference you want to make, you should think of it that way. And I only got to this point by really pushing myself and finding what it is that I want to make an impact with. That's it. Yeah. And I think the conceit of this whole show of this series is to help people figure that out, which is why I think it's so great. You have different people with different perspectives and mm-hmm. wants and desires in life. So maybe someone out there can think, maybe I want to give this writing stuff a try. Yeah. Or maybe I want to give like this advocacy, advocacy stuff a try. Or yeah. So absolutely. Like the fact that, uh, yeah, man, <laughs> this, this whole episode is about revelations. Gary, and- <laughs> is, his mind is exploding right now. It's expanding, exploding. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man, I never thought of why I wanted to write so bad because I feel so important. Yeah. You know? Well, and also I think, so, um, example, in the last year I listened to the audiobook of Jenna Fisher, who played Pam on The Office. Yeah, I heard it was really good. It's good. And it's it's interesting because it's actually called, like, The Actor's Guide or something like that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not an actor, but it's a book by Pam, so I'm going to read it slash listen to it. Pam, Pamela Beasley Halpert. Uh... But the thing is, I mean, because as I suspected, a lot of her story was in there. So there were some, you know, autobiographical parts to it. But she also really has like super practical advice about how do you become an actor? How do you take classes? How do you move to Los Angeles? None of those things were specifically relevant to me. But the way that she fought through hard times, just like we're talking about, no money, um, struggling um, for years and years and but she didn't give up. She pursued acting in every way that she could, um, creating her own work, um, participating in plays, classes and everything led her to build relationships, which led her to this and this and this and this and this. And it all built into what she wants to do. So none of that time was wasted. The critical part was that she never gave up. So even though I'm not an actor, even though the listener might not have any interest in advocacy or in writing, they can still hear the things we're saying and oh. apply it to what they're I'm doing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> What's happening right now? Oh, it's just very beautiful what you're saying. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, oh I should apologize. Oh, no. 
this could go into the masculinity thing. Yeah. It's just, you know, hearing that and, like, the fact that she went through all that. Right. It just proves positive. Like, you just got to push through yeah. the bad times. You're going to come out on the other That's side. Right. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> this is just a This is just a major episode. This is my proudest moment. <laughs> I have my first tears <laughs> on my podcast. No, for sure. It's just... You know, it's more proof positive, like, sure. Okay, I'm just going to get real realistic with this. Maybe uh, Jenna Fisher had dreams of, like, winning an Oscar mm-hmm. and, like, being in big franchise. Mm-hmm. But she's still doing what she loves. Yeah. She's still happy. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm now starting to realize how important this advice is. Expect nothing except everything. Mm. She's accepted the hard times. Mm-hmm. She expected, like, as long as I'm acting, mm-hmm. doing what I love, I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know, she doesn't have major Oscar awards. She's not in major franchises, but she's still acting. Mm-hmm. She's a good actress. She she won. Yeah. And she did get an Emmy. I'm pretty sure she got an Emmy for The Office. Right. I'm sure she got <laughs> Just her wanted award. to point that deserved out. Deserved awards, <laughs> to be sure. Yeah. But, but also, yeah. you need to also whittle down your huge expectations as well mm-hmm. and just be ready that you're going to have to work and take on what you got to. And don't be discouraged if it doesn't look exactly, exactly. the way that you wanted it to. You pretty much said what I was oh, trying to I'm say. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. perfect. You, you nailed it. That's what I was trying to say. Because sometimes, so I was talking about this on a previous podcast, the first time I ever vocalized that I wanted to get involved in anti-trafficking was my parents asked me point blank after a very hard and dark time in my life when I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And I was like, I think I want to be a speaker or something like about human trafficking. Like I hadn't, I didn't even know what I was saying. And they were like, oh, they had no idea because I had never given voice to that. Mm. I mean, sure, I do speak a lot about human trafficking but that's not the main part of my job. But I'm communicating about it all the time. Well, 100% of my job is in some way communicating about human trafficking. I didn't know what it was at the time. I had nothing to go on. There weren't a lot of examples to pull from. I was kind of making it up as I went. So, no, it doesn't look like that now. But I could never have expected Right. To be able to do that full time. Never in a million years could I thought that I could have a job. Yeah. Yeah. And it was two and a half years later that I was founding the Dragonfly Home with my co-founders. Just like, don't, yeah. It's not about necessarily carrying things out in the exact way you imagine, but working toward it and seeing how it does unfold. Absolutely. Gosh, I was encourage just going back and listening to my conversation with Gary. My takeaway is just when you're working to make your impact, the hard times will come, but they don't last forever. And they can actually help remind you of how great that reward is. I hope that you walk away from listening to this episode feeling like whatever it is you're setting out to accomplish, whatever impact you're hoping to make, you can do it. Just hang in there. And now to wrap up the episode, I'm going to be back next week with one of our regular Making Your Impact podcast features. But for now, let's get right to our question of the ep. Throughout the episode in all sorts of different contexts, Gary and I talked about how important it is to not give up on what is truly important to us. So today's question of the ep is, what part of Making Your Impact do you need to not give up on right now? 
Leave your answer to the question in the post for this episode, episode 20, on the podcast Instagram at Making Your Impact. If you have thoughts or questions or something you'd like to hear more about on the podcast, you can get a hold of me in a few different ways. You can email me at hello at melissaike.com or leave a voice message by clicking the link in the show description. You can also follow me personally on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn by searching Melissa Ike, E-I-C-K. On the next episode of Making Your Impact, I'll be discussing my latest in self-care adventures and also sharing a brief conversation about self-care I had with my guest from episode 11, Shayla Raquel. As always, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Please make sure to subscribe to get inspired and remember that the world needs you to make your impact.